McShane Bible Study, day 271 and 272, and we are finishing the book of Samuel, or 2 Samuel, chapter 24. And we see, uh, apparently, the people's hearts had turned away from God, because it says mm-hmm. his, his anger had kindled against Israel. And so he turned David's heart to number the people, which was a sin, because it... Mm-hmm. it had to do with like depending on thinking you're a mighty king based on the number of troops versus the uh, or the number of people that you rule versus being in right standing with God. Joab understood this and he said, no, don't do that. And he did it anyways. And then God's and then David turns to God and says, I've sinned. By the way, there were 800,000 in Israel, who could handle a sword, and 500,000 in Judah. And, um, who could handle a sword? Meaning, I mean, does that include young men and who knew they who knew how to swing something? It means if they were going to go to war, those are the men that could go. Okay. If they were too young to go to war, then they weren't counted. Um, and, David, you know, realizes he sins. He turns to the Lord. The Lord speaks to the prophet Gad and comes to them and says, I give you three options. It's either going to be famine. Was it famine for three months? Or how did it go? Three things. Three years of famine in, in the land. Or you flee three months before your foes. Or shall there be three days of pestilence in your land? And, um, and so David... Kind of, he just basically says, "I don't want the one where <laughs> where I have to pay for it." And uh, the Lord chooses the pestilence; seventy thousand people die, and and then the the um, angel of of the Lord who's bringing about the death. I he never calls him the angel of death, right? In other places in Scripture, we see an angel of death, but this one's called the angel of the Lord, right? Calls it an, an angel of death in my translation. Oh, does it? Okay. Um, verse uh, 16 says, The angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arana. The Jeb what? Was by, oh, uh, 16. The angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. Yeah, it said, But as the angel was preparing to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop, that's enough. That's what it says in my yeah. Anyways, um, I you know I wanted to name a son Arana. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think he's a really cool character in uh, scripture because, so this he is does where. One thing. Yep, he does one thing, but so, the um, the this is where the calamity stops, right? <laughs> and so then, um, Gad tells David to go to that place and and set up an altar to sacrifice to the Lord. And Arana says, when he finds out what David's doing, he says, here, you can have it. Mm-hmm. You know how special that place is? That's the Temple Mount. Ah. People are still fighting about it today. The Muslims have their third holiest site built on that because that was the Temple Mount, so they wanted to claim it for themselves. <laughs> The Jews still want to rebuild the old temple there. 
And um, so David said, no, you, you can't, that doesn't cost me anything. I have to buy this. So he buys it and, and you know, produces the, uh, you know, sacrifices and, and the plague is averted from Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? And then we are on to 1 Kings chapter 1. And um, so David's old. He, they have him in bed, and they've got a beautiful young woman that just keeps him warm. And uh, his son Adonijah, which I guess is his second oldest son after Absalom. Is that what you said? That's where I read it. I've never tracked all these guys. But um, it's... He exalts himself as king, and he gets some pretty major characters to go along with it. I'm surprised Joab goes along with it, but Joab does. Abiathar the priest goes along with it. That's surprising. Maybe um, they didn't hear David when he said that Solomon would be king. Yeah, you. I would assume that that Adonijah has at least heard rumors that got that. David intends to make Solomon king. Otherwise, why would he go about this in a sneaky way and not invite Solomon? But he invites all the other sons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't invite some, you know, Zadok and Benaiah and Nathan and Shammai and Ray and David's mighty men. So he's not inviting a lot of important people close to David. Although he did invite obviously some. But Joab also probably had gotten the feeling that David wasn't his biggest fan anymore <laughs> after he's disobeyed him a couple times. Um, and so we have uh, Nathan says to Bathsheba, hey, you and your son Solomon are probably going to end up getting killed over this. So here's what you do. Go into David and ask if this was his plan. Didn't he promise Solomon would be king? And then Nathan burst in and says, hey, is this your plan? Is this what's going on? And David says, yes, I will make Solomon king. So he he sets that all up. They anoint him king. David bows to him. All the people are cheering. And then at this party that uh, Adonijah, is that his name, Adonijah? Uh, Adonijah, right? Where is it? Where's his name? Adonijah. Adonijah. Uh, Word comes to him, and all of a sudden, everyone at the party's scared because they don't know they're all worried they're going to be executed for disobeying the king. So everyone leaves. Adonijah goes and just holds on to the altar at the at the uh, tabernacle, saying, "Please, please, I'm not leaving here unless Solomon promises I can live." And Solomon shows up and says, "Go home." So we see the the difference between Adonijah trying to make himself king. We don't see Solomon doing anything in this until the very end when he's been made king, mm-hmm. right? So we can infer from that Solomon's heart is to simply wait on the Lord, trust the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Adonijah wants to make himself king mm-hmm. and excluded himself from being worthy of that. Okay, and then we're doing Galatians chapter 4 and 5. I'm I'm going to remind you of a verse from the end of Galatians 3. Galatians 3.26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith, right? That's how he is setting up this chapter. Remember, he didn't write chapters. It's just the continuation of his thought. Um, 
and and I'll actually I'll skip down to verse four because it kind of goes on to explain that. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. He says, see, the, the purpose of God for mankind is to come into this spiritual life, to be adopted as a son of God in this new life, and brought up into this new life, and live in this new life, right? Six, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Mm -hmm. It means you are destined to inherit everything that God is and has, which is everything, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing more glorious than that. That's his Mm -hmm. promise for us. That's his desire for us. He just needs a people willing to choose him, right? So this is setting up everything he's going to say throughout the rest of this book. But let's go back to the first verse. He explains, see, we can, uh, the, the religious idea is to read things and, oh, okay, well, this is what I am. Well, you're, you're not a mature son just because you've given your life to Christ, Mm-hmm. Right? That's what he's explaining here in these first three verses. He says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Do you understand what that means? What does elementary mean? Basic. Okay. Do you understand what that means? Basic. No, the whole three verses. No. So, if you were... Let's say that this was this incredible uh, manor business when we had lots of fields all around and we had lots of servants and we had, you know, the, the people were running. I mean, it could be a modern business. It could just be a family business. And you knew some... You, you knew because you were a son that you're destined to take over the family business someday. And so let's, I, I, like, I like how it was thought of back then because it, cause it involves a house and everything. Like let's say this is our huge family house and we have lots of, lots of servants coming and going and we have lots of fields and cattle all out there. And um, everyone's reporting to me because I'm the, you know, I'm the man of the house. And you know someday that you're going to be me, right? Like you're the oldest son. And so someday you're going to be in charge of all this, right? Mm -hmm. But let's say I've told the people in the field that they're supposed to um, go plow the fields today. Mm -hmm. And let's say you go and tell the guy who's in charge of the people plowing the fields, and you say, no, today we are all going to go play soccer all day. Mm-hmm. Are they going to listen to you? No. No. They're going to say, that's cute, Weston. Uh, why don't you go play? Um, uh, if, if your dad wants me to do something other than what he's already told me, then he can come tell me that or send somebody, but I'm going to do the work that he told me to do, right? Mm-hmm. In other words... You have the destiny to have that authority in that position 
but you are not ready for that yet, mm -hmm. right? And so you still need to be taught up and trained. And so the servants in, in such a house, the, the servants, you'd have tutors that would train you up in how to run this sort of household, right? All the things that you need to know in all the different ways of life to be a good father, to be a good uh, boss, to be a good business owner, to be a good citizen, all these things you still need to learn to do, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the example Paul is giving. He says it's no different when we become a son of God. We start out as a baby. A baby mm -hmm. gets, you know, it first starts on the breast, patted on the back, gets his diaper changed. A baby is completely served, right? Mm -hmm. And you have high expectation and hopes for the baby. But the baby can do nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Then later they grow and they can start to do a little something. And there's a, there's a process, right? Mm -hmm. Paul is saying that when we enter into this life, we enter into this process of growing and maturing with the ultimate goal that we become fully matured sons of God mm -hmm. who represent the Father to all of creation. Even angels long to look into these things. They can go in the throne room of God, but they can't understand what we're being built to be and to understand and know mm -hmm. and do, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's for us to continue to seek the Father to grow into the fullness of this. Because Paul's going to go on to say, you know, he, I just I already read it, but he said, the Spirit is sent to, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So we're no longer a slave to the ways of the world, to religion, to anything of this world that's less than the full glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. And says, so he, he goes on to say, look, formerly you went after all these things. Mm -hmm. you, went, you, you were all about your religion or you're all about your idols or you're all about all the elementary things of this world. But why are you becoming slaves again? So he's saying you're getting off track. You accepted Christ, but you're getting off track of coming into the fullness of God's plan for for all people that choose him. Mm -hmm. Don't get off track. What are you doing? 15. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. He says, you started off good. See, the problem is we are our fallen natures. We always want to be, uh, we always want something to get us excited right now. Mm-hmm. And so, but God calls us into a long, patient endurance, waiting on him, continually seeking him, even though it's not always exciting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's very exciting, mm -hmm. but it's not always exciting. And he wants us continually seeking him in a, in a way in which we honor him in his ways, but don't seek to make ourselves king like mm -hmm. Adonijah, right? 19, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He says, look, you're Christians, but you've gotten off track. I want the fullness of Christ formed in you, right? He gives the example of uh, the Jerusalem from above. And, you know, he, he points out how uh, Sarah and Haggai were a picture. And Haggai and her son were kicked out because, again... 
that was a matter of people trying to create the promise of God instead of waiting on God for the fullness of this thing to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Sarah said, how could I possibly have a child at this age? I'm going to make this happen for my husband. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll give him my, my maid. And Abraham said, sounds good to me. Instead of waiting on God, he took bad advice from his wife, right? Which caused all kinds of problems. Um, now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So it is now. So the religious don't like those who are following after the spirit because Deep down, they know they should be doing, but they're not doing it. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit. God is saying, it is not my desire, nor will I let it happen, that I have a people stuck in religion represent me. I will have a people that give everything to me in my ways, to learn of my ways without being fettered or encumbered, by the ways of this world and the ruler of it. They must be of my kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how I transform this world, not by a mixture people, okay? Let's look at uh, chapter five. It starts out, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit again to religious ways and religious practices where we think we are made holy and righteous by religion. He goes on to talk about, um, you know, the the particular way that people were trying to push religion on them at that time was circumcision. But then he says, 16, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. So he says, you have to realize that your body, mm-hmm. your fallen life is continually pulling at you to go one way. Mm-hmm. But live in the spirit. Go his way. And then he mentions a bunch of, uh, you know, effects of sin that can come through the body wanting us to do different things. But then he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's saying, look, you can be a Christian. You can, you can get into eternity when you still live as the world lives after you die. But that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to be about what God's purpose for your life is? Don't you want to have a far more glorious, better eternity mm-hmm. than just barely making it in by the skin of your teeth? He says, you're supposed to inherit the kingdom of God. So walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Allow yourself to be transformed in mind and heart continually, day by day, by seeking Him and continually laying our life before Him and saying, Lord, if there's anything of me that needs to change, please change it. Lord, which way should I go today? Continually seeking Him for that, right? He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So he says, as we continue to seek Him, more and more of these things come out of us, right? Mm-hmm. 
24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step by the Spirit. So he says, well, we don't just claim the Spirit. We actually seek day by day to live by Him, from Him, in Him, through Him. Right? All right. Ezekiel 31 and 32 is uh, a word against Pharaoh. And it's a long one, right? Um, I, it's interesting he says, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude. I, I assume he's just writing him a letter, right? Unless he teleported him to Egypt or sent him to Egypt. But I, I assume he must have sent a letter. I don't know. But he, he just goes off to say, you know, you're, you're going to be desecrated. And it actually comes in two different words in the two chapters. Um, and very poetic. It actually reminds me a lot of what like the king of Assyria, the king of Nebuchadnezzar would say when they'd get to the gates and say, look, you think you can stand against me? What about all these other people that have destroyed? Well, here God is saying that same thing. All these other countries I have brought down, you think you won't be brought down too? We finish up in Psalm 18 and 19, the two both great psalms. Um, 18 is kind of long. I could read the first half of it, but I won't. But it starts out, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. He goes out calling how he's called on the earth and the, the, uh, called on God. And and uh, the, the Lord has heard his cry. And he goes on to describe God in the heavenlies as this mm-hmm. foreboding, scary, all-powerful entity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he goes on to say that, you know, he, he's, he works to live blameless before God and God knows him and sees his heart and his efforts as righteousness and that he's merciful and has always taken care of him in every way. Right. And then 19, uh, this time I'll, I'll kind of start from verse seven to the end. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. He said, the, the Lord's way is the perfect way. Simply living according to his way makes a simple mm-hmm. life full of wisdom, mm-hmm. right? The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So as we walk in his ways, our heart is transformed. Our eyes are opened to see things we couldn't see before. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, when we mm-hmm. fear the Lord, we fear nothing else, mm-hmm. right? The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. It says, to go the way of God is more important than anything you'll find in this world. Mm-hmm. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. So he trains us up by, by learning his ways and walking in his ways. Twelve, who can discern his errors? He says, in this life, sometimes we're, we go the wrong way without even realizing it. He said, declare me innocent from hidden faults. So he's seeking the Lord. Lord, if there's something where I'm 
living in an unrighteous way. I'm living apart from you. Sin. Please, for one, you know, uh, forgive me. But then also lead me back, right? 13, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Help me not to, to be presumptuous. Prideful heart can, can sneak in presumption all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Let them not have dominion over me. Help me be pure and clean before you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Mm-hmm. That's our prayer, Lord. Lead us in all things. We are yours. you have anything else? No. All right. Well, God bless you. God bless you.